Hello, and welcome back to the Quantum Connection podcast and also Enlightened Mood YouTube channel. If you're watching the video, we have an extraordinary guest today, Dr. Oh, not Dr. But Sarah Turner. I think you're a doctor. So, um, so much experience, wisdom and entrepreneurial, right? Um, also experience. And she is the owner of a company named Sarah Thrive. Her history is very rich with a neuroscience background as well as nutrition background. And now she is heavily invested in many ways in the red light therapy or photobiomodulation area. And so we're super excited to dive into that today with you, Sarah. And thank you so much for coming on the show today. Yeah, thank you. It's such a pleasure. So to get us started, I know you have such a such a deep history. I mean, there's so many areas you did a deep dive, right? In your early years and working for the for pharma, big pharma, as I call it, I don't want to get political, but right. There's a lot there. And I'm sure you have all kinds of interesting insight into that. And then your journey was, there's all these steps that you had taken. So would you mind just giving us like a short overview of your journey and what brought you into the business that you're in now? Sure. Yeah. And you're right. I started off in big pharma, um, for, for a variety of pharmaceutical companies, but mainly GlaxoSmithKline. Okay. Uh, and there I was uh, on a task force for the majority of my time there, a pr- kind of a problem solving task force. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, inhaled products is the main uh, department mm-hmm. that I was in. And I think maybe one of the turning points for me was that I was involved in a project looking at um, why some of the devices were working and some weren't. And we found out it was to do with the plastics. Actually, there was an effect of static charge on the body. So I had a great few months, you know, kind of geared up to all of these different uh, earthing machines or wearing rubber boots or trying to um, get charge into my body. And and, and I think it was quite interesting to discover that the charge that you carry in your body greatly affects the efficacy of these medicines, mainly because it affects the functioning of the lung and where the fine particle fractions will deposit, which is mainly, you know, what they're looking for with asthma drugs. Um, And of course, the solution for the pharmaceutical company was to change the plastic. But for me, it got me thinking of, okay, what's this? What would be the solution, you know, from Mm -hmm. from a human level? And basically, it's grounding, you know. Yes. Uh, Yes. That's so amazing. Yeah, it it was very interesting. And it kind of got me thinking, well, there's so much that could be done Mm -hmm. with our bodies to kind of uh, help us live more optimally. Totally. and we don't uh, normally think of ourselves as electromagnetic beings. And, and that's yeah. the whole point of quantum biology, right? Is to help people understand that. And then when you were talking about the plastic, it made me think of synthetic clothing, to be honest, and how when you wash it, it gets that static, right? As yeah. well as when you have the balloon and you know you how you rub it on your head and <laughs> but or that you touch something and you, sh- you get shocked. But really it's you interacting with that other, uh, yeah. so, whatever that other thing is. I'm sorry, Vanessa, what were you going to say? No, I was going to say, so if we increase the electric potential in our body by going outside and grounding, the medicines that we choose to engage with are going to have a better impact on our body is basically what that made me think of. So, you know, if you're deciding to use a pharmaceutical, it's going to work better if you are grounded, if you are using circadian biology, if you're doing all those things and you're increasing the energetic potential in your body, it, that medicine should work differently in the body than if you weren't. That was my yeah. thoughts. Exactly right, because you're going to get it right down into the bottom of your lung. Something that I've thought about a lot since is grounding in cities, you know, because, you know, people on bus routes in London found out to be a lot more susceptible to things like neurodegeneration. And they think one of the main Mm. causes is the fine particulates coming from all the diesel and all the exhaust fumes from cars. Mm -hmm. So grounding great in the countryside not so great in the city so again this is some of the nuances of biohacking you know we tend to have like a blanket okay everybody needs to be out there grounding but actually you need to think about your environment because it's probably not so clever to do it if you're on you know like a one of those you know big bus lanes in any major city because you're enabling your body to work more optimal you're going to get all that fine particle down into the lower part of your lung it's not always what you want if it's something that's, you know, potentially not beneficial for your health. So again, it, it's, it's all, all about, about context. Yeah. It's about context and looking at your environment, you know, where, where are you, you know, and again, grounding, you know, I, you know, people say to me in London, you know, where, where's best to ground. 
And actually, there's not very many places <laughs> in London you can ground where the tube isn't under you, right? Or, oh. you know, so that, so you need to be aware of your environment and what's going on because it's grounding. Yeah, you need to get rid of that charge, but maybe there's a way to do it where you're not kind of standing over a power line or, you know, next to a major transport lane. Right. Yes, 100%. There's a whole science behind that and educational um, piece that needs to happen so we aren't actually making people worse. Yes. So I love learning about your history and how, like a lot of us, we end up going into nutrition first and you did Mm. that as well. That's almost like the segue or the, the, the portal right into the other aspects like quantum health. But I mean, that's sort of the end right now. Right. And so this is, this is what happened for you. And then that led one thing led to another for you. Yeah, certainly. And and at that time, you know, there wasn't these courses and things that you can get in quantum biology. In fact, nobody was really talking about it. And nutrition, nutritional therapy was a thing, you know, it, and it was to me, it's like, OK, this is something that we can actually do for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually, do you know, I don't think I use much of that nutrition degree now because so much of the quantum biology has kind of changed my thinking around that. But it's certainly a good in because it helps you to understand things that you can do for yourself to change your biology, to change your, optimize your environment. But the whole nutrition thing is now so contentious, isn't it? You know, I don't know how you feel about it, but it it seems to be so individualized. Everybody's got a different opinion. It really doesn't matter what you eat. Someone's got something to say that there's different. And, And so I think it's, that's become a much more personal thing and something where people have gone into this whole uh, individualized medicine where you need to understand your own body because definitely not one nutrition plan fits all. Mm-mm. No, but the one thing I do love about quantum biology is we do have some basic principles to work from, yeah. right? So eating with locally and in season, right? Yes. And then the timing of what you eat. So that's really helpful. Stacking up from there could definitely be so individualized. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So you were in nutrition and then you went in, what was your next phase? So, yeah, I was doing nutrition for a while and I did become aware of the limitations. Mainly for me, it was a limitation around people's psychology Uh because a lot of time, you know, people had other things going on in their life, which potentially were more impactful, but didn't really want to go there with a nutritionist, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I actually did a neuroscience master's degree because I, you know, to me, it's like, okay, it's all about the brain. And and so that was very interesting. I went off to uh, Roehampton, actually, in London and and did Mm science qualification and at the same time I started a position looking at uh, informationally imprinted remedies so really quite far yeah a little bit kind of a little bit woo woo that kind of I've never um, heard that What, what is that about well have you heard of Emoto? You've probably heard of like Emoto when he does his mm-hmm. thing where he's imprinting different sounds or there's people, even, even I suppose bordering on homeopathy, this mm-hmm. concept that you can um, imprint an information field onto uh, a base, like a, like a water or a, a mineral solution or ethanol. Uh, and to me, it was it was a very interesting time because I was trying to work out what was going on with some of these things. And in my case, I, I was working for a company that had made a quantum consciousness interface device, you know, kind of very, very esoteric. But it was all about the power of your intention to maybe influence things like machines. And that was the random generated. Um, what was it called? Yeah, they used a random event generator. generator. Yeah, to see if you could skew the randomness of the event generator. And actually, this was based on science. This was based on science from Princeton many years before where they'd used a huge wall full of colored ping pong balls (laughs) to see whether or not you could focus on the ping pong balls going in a certain ordered fashion. So, you know, this was like the 1950s style random event generator. You know, Mm -hmm. this was like a physical uh machine that they built but actually it was um done the 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 researcher's name that they actually did get some interesting results you know there Mm. was over many 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 iterations a significant difference between you know in intentionally focusing on something and not so this kind of took me down this whole rabbit hole of what is consciousness what is intention can you focus intention can you print information structures onto water and very interesting, but right now we just don't, you know, it's kind of a little bit beyond our measurement. And mm-hmm. so it's 
definitely fringe science, but nevertheless, it brings up all kinds of interesting concepts like what is placebo, you know? Mm -hmm. If it's just placebo, what's the placebo effect? What is the power of our intentions? What actually is consciousness? You know, there are so many questions that spring off from that. Not necessarily, you know, even after 10 years of, of doing that, I was able to answer those questions. But certainly it's a very interesting place to go and put your brain for a period of time. Uh, and I went all over the world, you know, with people who were doing some very interesting studies, you know, seeing if you could change the pH of water. You know, William Tiller did some interesting stuff on that, looking at if you could interact with plants and heart math. We're doing some fascinating oh, stuff, yeah. recording electromagnetic fields and trees. Uh, and so, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Lee McTaggart did the field. I don't know mm -hmm. if you remember all that yes. stuff. Yes. Very, very interesting uh, but ultimately, because it couldn't be measured, you know, I it's difficult to get anywhere scientifically with that. And in the end, I ended up in California doing this research and I'd already been doing some water, some stuff on quantum fields in water, because I was talking to people like Mei Wan Ho. Who oh, wrote yes. Yeah, I was lucky enough to interview her. She actually lived in North London and I was lucky to interview her about what she was doing. And then, of course, Jerry Pollock wrote his book mm -hmm. on fourth phase water. Mm -hmm. And so then I started to get involved more in that kind of field of uh, looking at structured water, informationally structured water. And of course, the thing that structures it the most is light. Mm -hmm. And that got me thinking, OK, if we can structure water with light, we can probably structure something like the brain because the brain is mainly water. And, and really, that was probably five years ago. And ever since then, my main focus has been looking at um, light therapies for the brain. Because it's a good mix between something which is still a little bit esoteric because we don't really know what light is, really. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the same time, it's measurable. We can get clinical evidence. There is a lot of people doing it. There's a lot of very serious scientists who are looking at it and publishing. You know, mm -hmm. all the time there's more data being published on the, the effect of light on the body. Um, and so really, I'm kind of in my happy place now, which is, you know, this this medium between, you know, the hard science, but also a, for some exploratory stuff that still leads you down the whole quantum biology consciousness mm -hmm. route. Yeah, I love how they all those threads kind of are weaving together for a beautiful tapestry for you or right? in the confluence of all the ideas and the research and experience, creating this this beautiful experience you have now with being able to bring something forward to people who desperately need and who the ones who are interested in alternatives to say only medication, for example, for Parkinson's and whatnot. Yeah. I'm not sure how much you're um, you're looking into other types of things like, you know, depression and whatnot, but I'd be interested to hear about that. But yeah, I, I love your enthusiasm because I can just see how you light up when you're like, I, I want to bring together. That's kind of what <laughs> I like to do. It's like, I don't want to have to be pigeonholed in only this place. Like I want to be see the big picture and I want to sort of bring all the threads together. It gets to be unwieldy, but I yes. love how much you've just embraced that and just went all over the world and you've been participated in making movies and it's very, very yummy. So, yes. yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. It's great. And that, you know, there's a huge range of people tackling things from different avenues. And I think that's something now in science, we're beginning to see this interdisciplinary yeah. approach, yeah. Uh, certainly in quantum biology, because mm -hmm. before that, you know, before kind of the dawn of quantum biology, you know, the physicists and the biologists weren't talking. Right now, now you now people are starting to get that you do need to cut everyone needs to pitch in. Otherwise, we're never going to understand it. It's like the whatever, the story of the blind man and the elephant, unless we kind of all pitch in a little bit, mm -hmm. we're just coming from our own isolated parts. And yeah. yeah. Well, that's how we, that's how the magic happens, right? Because then you'll see things that other, they, because we're blinded sort of by our specialty, I think sometimes. That's right. So then it opens up, right, the opportunity. So you're, um, Vanessa, I'm sorry. let me see what you want to ask. There. <laughs> I'm just yeah. like, ah. My dog was barking like crazy, so I had to mute myself, and then I missed a lot of what you guys were saying. I, there's something walking by, so I apologize if on the video you see me trying to shush him. Um, so, but I was really interested in what you were saying about water because I don't know if you know that Heather and I are both classical homeopath uh, home, homeopaths as well. So it definitely, you know, I believe that that's how homeopathy works. Like the the energy print imprints on the water, right? Say, and then you know, then it imprints it into the body and it, and it moves through, through the easy water. I mean, that's my own beliefs of how it works. But I also wanted to ask you if you looked into Veda Austin's work as well, because mm -hmm. that also is 
the same thing. They, you know, you're putting a thought into the water. You, she has this technique where you put a thought or you imprint a thought or idea into water and then you freeze it and then you eat that water. And then that idea like imprints on, into your body, which I think is just so amazing. And there's been like many testimonials and even with homeopathic remedies, uh, I've seen her take the remedies and then freeze it. Like, like, so she said, did say, I don't know, say Arnica, right? She freezes it. And then you see the imprint of in the water, like the image looks like the Arnica plant or something like that. So I just think that's like so amazing to see. So I don't know if you looked into that. Cause I, I, I mean, you did May One Ho and you were Jerry Pollock and all these like amazing people that you've gotten to speak with and interview and meet and, and, get all that knowledge from them. And that's amazing. So I just was wondering if you know anything about her work as well. I don't know about her work, but I did. I did also when I was kind of like doing that interviewing period, I met uh, Luc Montagne, who was mm -hmm. actually a Nobel Prize winner. He discovered, uh, he li linked the um, AIDS virus and HIV, you know, so he's, he's really up there as a very predictable, uh, prestigious scientist but he did some fascinating experiments looking at dna and electromagnetic signatures of dna mm -hmm. and how you could potentially have that signature contained purely in the electromagnetic output from the dna so he did some very interesting experiments where he got d base pairs of dna and he made a, he had a strand of dna and he was able to assemble a similar dna strand just from the base pairs from wow the experiment was called teleporting that's how they promoted it in new scientist but really he was just translating the electromagnetic signal and i think for a lot of people that validated some of these concepts of how potentially that imprinting into water might work mm -hmm. because we know that everything is charged you know life is charged and and you can maybe now because we know how water structures itself when it's next to a membrane potentially you could kind of make an imprint of this charge because you can water could mirror the charges that you see on these things like for example arnica it, it kind of gives you a way to think oh yeah that is possible that is how that might happen so although I haven't really looked at homeopathy and I don't know this person I definitely can see how this new research kind of opens up avenues to research that and I'm sure that they will find that there is some way that we have that of course you know there is some way that we're imprinting these different kind of substances so yeah it, it's very it's very interesting and I think a lot of people are now looking at the whole thing about quantum co coherent domains in water and all this other stuff that maybe Mei Wan Ho and Emilio de Chudice were talking about a long time ago but we you know we need to kind of keep going with the data and until we find something you know everything is what, what's the quote everything is magic until we work out how it's done you know and then <laughs> it's science you know yep so yeah it's fascinating for sure so yeah, Sarah, I love that quote <laughs> what is your what is your current what research are you doing currently or or studies or are you so yeah as you mentioned I've now uh, set up a company uh, called Sarah Thrive where because I really wanted to make the best red light therapy device for brain function. That was kind of my mission. Mm -hmm. And it's been a bit of a bumpy road because, you know, business is, is a little bit like that, but I'm kind of coming to the end of that. So I'm at a stage now where I need to get clinical data to, to kind of validate what I'm doing. So my main research at the moment is, is small scale trials setting up. Eventually I'd like to do neurodegeneration as my main trial, okay. but you know, I'm a little bit on a shoestring at the moment, so it's baby steps. So I've just been to Durham University. We're doing a trial on um, pain and fibromyalgia. I've just mm. been to the Matter Research Institute in Australia, and we're going to be looking at concussive injury for um, sportsmen over there. So I'm really like traumatic brain injury. Yeah, traumatic brain injury. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. traumatic brain injury and concussions. They also are worried about CTE but it's kind of not so easy to diagnose, but that there is a big issue with sports people having CTE, which is a neurodegeneration like condition due to possibly repetitive concussions. So if there's a way to try and improve at least the symptoms of that, that's something that a lot of sports people are interested in doing. And the study in Australia is looking at that with a few other red light therapy devices to see hmm. what is the effect on certain symptoms which are indicative of that condition 
So it's like they're going to use your product and then other companies as well to see yep. the different. Oh, that's really interesting. They're not oh, looking yeah. potentially to see the differences. They're just looking to see, okay, what has an effect. So it's not necessarily a comparison study, right. although it depends how it gets reported, but it is just looking to see, okay, we have got quite a few technologies now mm-hmm. that utilize light therapy in, mm-hmm. in several different ways. Because everyone's coming at it from their own little, you know, everyone's got mm-hmm. their pet wavelength. Everyone is doing pulsing or not pulsing. Mine has got like a, a gut panel to go with a headband. So, you know, that's my unique take. So everyone's trying to find ways to maximize the therapy. At the moment, we just don't, you know, we don't know what is the best therapy and the best dose and the best wavelength for each of the different conditions. Right. So there's definitely some right. subtlety there. Sorry. Mm-hmm. No, I love the idea of using the gut and the brain together because we know that gut brain axis is so huge. So I thought that was really a unique take on it. You know, um, I thought that was an excellent way to do it because you're affecting both such the, the two main critical areas, I feel like, to really, you know, to support yeah. health. So I, I think so. And, uh, you know, I'm basing it on there's animal data out there to suggest, certainly with something like a mouse model of Alzheimer's, there are studies to show if you shine light on the brain, you have an effect. If you shine light on the gut, you have an effect. If you do both at the same time, you know, you have a greater effect because there seems to be some synergistic effect of targeting both of these things at the same time. So I definitely think targeting the gut is a good way to go. And more and more, you know, every time you go on LinkedIn or every time you go on like PubMed, you see a new article that's linking another condition to starting in the gut. You know, I think Parkinson's is very well established, but now people are looking at autistic spectrum disorder, even addictive personality disorder, some depressive disorders. So people are beginning to make that gut connection. Um, And of course, you know, the whole thing about the microbiome, again, that's an exploding field where you know more and more data is coming out about the different microbiome profiles that are associated with all these mental disorders so from my point of view yeah it definitely can't hurt to target the gut at the same time as you're getting to the brain right so your Sarah Thrive has well there what you did apply it to Parkinson's and you did have a positive outcome is that right or was that something else I'm getting confused yeah I haven't for the device that I've got, it's all based on research. Okay. So it's based on research that's currently out there and published. So, for example, like with the Parkinson's, it's my device has a similar output and wavelength to the device that had a positive result for Parkinson's. And eventually my goal is, is to do a study. Okay. But I, I was kind of involved in the data collection on some of these trials. So I got to kind of see you know, how the device was working, what was good and what wasn't good. So I'm hoping that I can bring a little bit of that. But yeah, we need, what we really need in the industry as a whole is more research on the different wavelengths, the different pulsing Mm -hmm. schedules, the different dosages, because at the moment, everyone's just doing what suits them. And then it's very difficult to compare across studies because, you know, if the wavelengths are different, that, that could be why one device is working and one isn't. So we are in a bit of a, a development time for all of these neurotechnologies uh, where we need to maybe standardize the output so that we can start to compare things a little bit better. Yeah, that makes so much sense because, you know, light is a nutrient and you think about, I don't consider medications nutrients, but there's the dosages and the frequency and right. What are this, what are you, what's the, um, what are the side effects, good and bad, right? And so when you're using photobiomodulation, it's the same idea. We have the different frequencies. You've built several into your product and mm-hmm. each of those could be having a certain impact. And then what's the what's the cumulative impact of all of them synergistically? So there's a lot of, there's a lot of things happening, right? Yeah, there's a lot of things. And there's so many permutations that people are using you know, it's it's very difficult to know what is having the effect. You know, someone can be using a pulse rate of 40 hertz, but mm. a low, uh, you know, like a low dose and getting an effect. And someone can be using a high dose, but no no pulsing. So then we don't quite know, you know, what's having the effect there. Is it just getting photons to the brain or is it more about entraining the brain waves? Right. So I think there are so many permutations um, and we don't have, you know, so... An, a body really that's kind of regulating this although there is a group at shepherd university in the states that's looking to at least standardize the dosing i think okay. that when we get there then the whole industry will kind of 
make a huge leap because mm-hmm. we will be able to to compare this data and say, okay, we've worked out that you know this is the optimum dose at least mm-hmm. for this. Yeah, condition. yeah. Right. Because I feel like there's so much amazing research on red light therapy. Like it's huge, right? There's so much amazing research on the benefits of red light therapy for so many different diseases and inflammation and all kinds of things, right? On the effects of the mitochondria, the easy water, like all the things. And it's like, it's not really like mainstreamly known. And like, I wonder, like, what's the cause of that? Now, you think it's because of these nuances here? You know, why is this not a like mainstream thing that people can go to and use yet? You know, because it's just there is so much data on it and so much research that proves that it is effective. And, you know, it's, it's a safe option because there's really not a negative usually side effect of it. I mean, that you would see also, I would think. So it's like a really safe option for people to, to go to in the beginning, you know? Yeah. I think the main barrier at the moment is just getting the resources to get the full testing. And America is leading the way with this. You know, a lot of, there is a lot of research going on in America. There's a lot of research in the veterans association and certain companies are looking to get to the stage where they can present clinical data to the FDA. And once that happens, uh, then there'll be a category within the FDA for red light as a therapy for brain health. And then it can start, you know, getting into the clinics and getting into the hospitals. And once people can see it working, I think then there'll be a, a huge cascade effect. We're just kind of not at, quite at that tipping point yet where there's enough clinical data because, it, I mean, it's very, very expensive to do clinical data in human trials. And there are a lot of hurdles to get there. And there's a lot of resistance to that. You know, it's something that's not taught in mainstream medicine. It's not something that's really taught in any kind of biology course. And so, you know, that people are suspicious of it. And, and, you know, we've kind of got a little way to go with the education piece to get people to understand the effect of light. I mean, people don't even really understand the effect of their light bulbs in their house, you know, right. let, alone, <laughs> let alone this red light device. So I think really it's a case of education and then basically getting the funds to do the clinical trials. Once, once we get there and it starts to be utilized, then I think people will start to see where there's these huge advantages because, you know, certainly for a lot of mental conditions, there is no drug therapy or at least no really effective drug therapy. Mm -hmm. There's a huge need there and that will drive the clinical research because, you know, where there's a huge need and there's no other option, there's no pharmaceutical intervention, then of course it will start to be looked at. So I'm hugely hopeful. I know that there's a company in the States that's looking at autistic, autistic spectrum disorder you know and perhaps they will get to the stage of having clinical data soon and then we'll yeah, get so. information yeah yeah i hope so because it's just like we can really change a lot if we just change our light environment yes. we can change like do so much good in the world like and you know it's it's hard like you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just an average person, right? You know what I mean? But like trying, like, I don't have all this research and data. So it's so nice to have people like you who can bring this research, this data and share it with the world. Because when I say, you know, the blue light from your LEDs is bad for you, people are like, uh-huh, that crazy lady. But like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but it, it is research behind that shows it. And I say when you should use red light or something like that, like it's, the research is there. But yeah, hopefully, I think it's going to take a lot of years. I mean, I don't know what you think, but Hopefully in my lifetime, it'll be more mainstream. You know, that's what I'm hoping. Well, do you know, people still call me the crazy lady. And I, you know, <laughs> I've probably got up my fingertips, like, you know, like a thousand studies I could kind of throw at these people. Right. Because, because I think people don't, you know, people are not quite there yet. And also it, it, it's a difficult sell because people are addicted to their technologies. People want to be in their comfy houses. You know, it's it's something where you have to change your mindset and it, and it's not intuitive for a lot of people because we are a little bit disconnected from our light environment, you know, and to start saying, okay, you know, did you know, you know, you shouldn't be looking at screens at night, you know, it's kind of, it's not a message that people necessarily want to hear, but actually things like, things like, uh, I I was at um, Professor Paul Chazot is is a great guy at Durham University and he was telling me about he got an arts fund to change the lighting in the nurse quarters of a hospital. Mm, He couldn't do the patients because that was too clinical, but he was able to do the nurses' quarters and had some fabulous results just on general well-being, on sleep, on ability to deal with stress. Yeah. So things like that, I think people need to experience it probably, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's where, you know, people like yourselves come in where you're kind of telling people 
every time people hear it, you know, you've got your blue blockers on, you're doing the whole light thing, then people start to understand the effect of light. And then it's not so much of a leap to understand, okay, you can change, you know, your biology by kind of giving very targeted wavelengths at certain times. I think it, it's just that education piece. We need to kind of come out of this indoor lifestyle a bit, or at least get a little bit more savvy about our light environment generally. And then maybe people understand that the medical use a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how we have this podcast. <laughs> and that's why we yes. have people like you coming that's on. That's what we're all doing. We're trying <laughs> to get information out for sure. Yeah. So it's just an Absolutely. ongoing process. Do you happen to have yeah. one of your devices with you, Sarah? I have. I've got one oh, down I'd love here. To see it. I'm hoping that it's it might not be charged because I can say I'm kind of a little bit on the road right now. I was I've done like four countries in three weeks, I think. Wow. <laughs> Let's see if this one is on. Okay, so th- this is the uh, headband. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you can see there that it's got red. You can actually see the red. And I don't know whether the computer allows you to see a little bit of the near infrared. You might see it as kind of purple in there, or you might not. But that's got four wavelengths of okay. red and near infrared. It's got one wow. that goes on for the cerebellum. And, and this is specifically designed so that, you know, we can target different areas of the prefrontal cortex we can also oscillate the light which is also called pulsing sometimes you can pulse the light at different frequencies so I've that's got... just to the strength of it changing or can you break that down for me the so pulsing aspect is the rate that you turn the, the light source on and off in effect so it's not flicker uh well flicker is also some form of oscillation but flicker is usually something that's a, a kind of a, a a very high hertz rate which is a little bit like irritating to yeah. us and like, you know, you have flicker in those fluorescent bulbs. Flicker uh, or pulsing that you use in these light therapy devices is usually something that's used to entrain a certain brainwave. Ah, okay. so our brains are oscillating all the time at different frequencies, depending on what we're doing. You know, if we're in an attentive state, if we're meditating, if we're just kind of daydreaming. And so what we found during research is that if you oscillate, say, at 10 hertz, which is a fairly slow oscillation it's called an alpha frequency that that has a specific effect on the brain Mm -hmm. so we can do that with the light you know you can do it with any kind of electromagnetic field but we're doing it with the light in this device cool so in this device we've got 7.8 which is a human frequency 10 40 which is a gamma and then 100 hertz which is kind of a normally seen as above what we could really our brain can really understand but it seems to be something that's useful in meditation and Mm -hmm. i got that actually from data on ultrasound so this one is not so much tested in a light therapy device so again this needs to go off to to a meditator group to see if that does have an effect (laughs) i know there's another company called v light that also makes a transcranial device and they've shown some interesting effects of these higher um oscillations so Mm -hmm. they've looked at 100 and 200 well that's the need for different um um testing groups right yeah and so looking at different outcomes okay exactly Mm -hmm. and it depends what you're trying to do because if you want to you know if you want to meditate that's very different to somebody who maybe wants to focus you know it's two different things that two different mental states and so we don't know yet maybe one wavelength would be more suitable because you know at the moment, most of the testing is done on one wavelength. I've got four wavelengths because I want to try and make sure I hit any potential light receivers in the brain, including water. Ah, okay. That was originally where my research was coming from. So water will be a chromophore above 900 nanometers. So and chromophore, just for audience, if you could define that word. So chromophore is just like a, a light receiver. Okay. So water will receive and absorb light okay. a, a long wavelength. So when I say above 900, again, that might not mean anything, but that's a long wavelength of light because the longer the wavelength, potentially the deeper it penetrates, but also the more the the water will absorb that wavelength. Okay. Mm -hmm. So my idea is let's let the water absorb it and, you know, potentially structure the water. And that could have beneficial effects on things like protein folding, because we know protein folding, you know, proteins are all hydrated and they all fold according to their charge. Mm -hmm. If they're not hydrated correctly, you know, then you get protein misfolding, which is you definitely Bad. don't want to 
brain. So, so my idea is to use these wavelengths that people routinely use, like the 850, which is still near infrared. It's still not visible red. It's still long wavelength, but also use the, the longer ones too, so that mm -hmm. you're kind of maximizing your potential to have a therapeutic effect because it's going to mm. you're targeting the water and then you're there's obviously the mitochondria and mm -hmm. there's another one i what was the other one you mentioned before the blood too because blood. 600 which is visible red that it doesn't actually penetrate to the brain but you are getting the all the blood around the brain and and you can see this is the body pad oh that goes on your stomach this goes across the abdomen. Wow. This wow. one has half red and half near infrared because then you're really kind of irradiating the blood. And all mm -hmm. that blood that kind of goes past your belly is going to get into mm -hmm. your brain sooner or later. You know, your mm -hmm. body's constantly pumping this blood around. And, and we know since 2019, we've known about free-floating mitochondria and that but mitochondria are not just bound in the cell. They are actually also in the blood and will go to where they're needed for repair. Wow. So okay. you're irradiating those mitochondria and kind of making them more efficient, you know, sooner or later that blood could air dump in your brain. And that could be part of the therapeutic effect. Like I say, there are so many pieces to the, thera the therapy effect on the brain. Mm -hmm. My idea mm -hmm. is, okay, let's try and target them all and maximize the effect. And of course, you know, if we work out one has more effects on the other, we can focus on that. But mm -hmm. right now, my goal is just to maximize our potential to heal our brains. And, and so let's do it. You know, it's very simple to just put red light on your abdomen for 10 minutes a day, you know, mm -hmm. red and near infrared. We already know that it's good for pain relief and wound healing and increased blood flow. Um, let's, let's see what effect that has also on our brain health. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Um, cause that's harder to kind of get to. So I like, you, you know, you've put a lot of thought into how to right get the red light, um, frequencies in there where it's yeah. easier on the gut. So now, um, how does this work? So somebody puts it on and then they just do it for an indicated period of time and then three times a week or what's the protocol? Yeah, the protocol is, it, it depends kind of where you're starting from because, the, the kind of the more depleted your mitochondria are, the less light you can take. Right. Uh, so, you know, somebody who's, you know, their redox potential is great and their mitochondria is humming along. You know, they can probably do it every day because okay. then they're ready to receive that light. But for people mm -hmm. who have maybe got a chronic health condition, mm -hmm. um, probably three times a week is enough. And, and, you know, for some people, they may need to even titrate that down. Because mm -hmm. it's like exercise, you know, if, if you're very fit, you can go to the gym for an hour and lift weights and you're fine. If you haven't done anything for years and, you know, you're a little bit out of shape, you're really going to feel it if you go to the gym for an hour. It, it's a similar thing because your body will adapt to things mm -hmm. like the light. The, mit the mitochondria, those organelles are mainly where you receive the light. So the more you shine light onto them, the more that they will uh, mm -hmm. replicate and the more that they will kind of have those enzymes that are ready to receive the light. So it's about a cumulative effect. It's about building up slowly and going from where you're at. But mainly for these devices, they're fairly low power compared to things like laser. So they're very safe to use at home. Um, nice. It's difficult to overdo it. But for most people, between three and five times a week for 10 minutes, that's that's the that's wow. the dosing and and that should over you know a period of like between three and four months mm -hmm. should start to give that therapeutic effect right because we're working with our body's natural ability to heal itself so it's not going to be this overnight thing we, we you know it takes a little time especially for those who are living a modern lifestyle where they're indoors most of the time they have a toxic light environment their mitochondria are going to be compromised the functionality I mean, not necessarily for every single person, but depending on their, you know, their health in general, but there, that's the redox. Like, can your body create its own energy? How well does it utilize that energy? That's what you were mentioning. It's like, you can't go run a marathon. If you are out of shape, your mitochondria can't absorb and utilize the red light. You let me know if I'm getting this right. If they're not very healthy, if they haven't been able to do what they need to do naturally with the right light inputs. And getting out and grounding and all of those things. So, yeah, I think that's my takeaway yeah. from what you're saying. So, 
that that's exactly right and so you know it's best if possible to do it as a program you know and i'm sure you know all the things the grounding the getting mm-hmm. enough sleep you know the getting up at sunrise the switching technology off at night the more you can do to kind of you know strengthen your body and your mitochondria the bet the better this or any therapy really is going to work but mm-hmm. yeah certainly it's they call it like a hormetic stress like hormesis which just means like a low level stress makes you stronger you know little a little bit of stress helps the body to kind of learn and that's the same with exercise and it's the same with red light therapy Mm -hmm. in in english maybe we call it preconditioning you know you want to stress the body a little bit to be to come ready for the next day so you have you do have a cumulative effect and so people can build up light therapies you know you maybe just do it once a week then twice a week then three times you know until your body starts to respond (laughs) So you use your own product, I'm assuming, yes? Yeah, I use mine and and I tend to use it like in the evenings, I will put my gut pad on. And actually I find that because I'm doing things to try and assess, you know, I've got speed reaction tests, I've got things like that for my brain. But actually the way I I can really feel the gut panel, you know, when Mm. as soon as I put that on, you know, if if you're a bit uncomfortable after eating or whatever it is, to me, that's kind of an instant and like, oh, okay, I know this is working. And sometimes I have crazy dreams after wearing the device, you know, and wow. I think, okay, that's my body working through things. Um, but yeah, I'm like, you know, I've got loads of these laying around, so I just can use it as and when. But trying to like build up my own experience of things like the pole, you know, that's something that I'm now looking at. Okay, what if I just do like 100 hertz when I'm meditating every week? You know, can I see a difference? So that's you can change of, the the hertz on the device. You can change it, yes. Yeah. So at the moment there are six programs. Oh, okay. Depending on what you want to do, so that they're kind of intuitively called. You know, one's called meditate, one's called peace, one's called resilience. So you can kind of select the one on an app. So it's all app controlled on the headband, and then which sends Bluetooth to the headband. And then when you put the headband on, there's a disable switch. So the, there's no Bluetooth coming to and from. <laughs> of course you did it like that. Uh, <laughs> that was my question. <laughs> yeah. So but you don't have to, you can, you can do it without an app. You can just switch it on, but then you just get continuous wave. But if you want to do the pulsing schedules, there are six different schedules. Okay. And so mm-hmm. they not only change the pulsing schedule, um, but they also sometimes change where the light is going in um but this is something that i've worked out with research and it's something that i'll keep evolving so you know when people get the device maybe there'll be new data out like for example there's new data coming out about depressive disorder that mainly going through the right hemisphere seems to be having an effect oh okay i'll start to research that if that proves out to be the case then i can send an update on the app and we'll do some program that's just that but at the moment there are six programs that are set according to current research to give like the, the best therapeutic effect and some of them pulse and some of them don't wait so you're saying that as the data emerges and what it shows is the the better protocol you can then update the app for someone who's maybe already using your device and then it will adjust yes yeah wow that is super cool i love that <laughs> so it's like in real yeah. time yes the update is called update over the air or something so the engineers tell me there's a special name called update over the air but anyway that yeah that's how that works but at the moment the six programs that i've got in there are fairly comprehensive and and these are ones that you know i've been testing on friends and family and are based on current research so you know some people may we'll see some people may favor some programs over the other it really depends what you're trying trying to do it's all about kind of setting your goal Mm-hmm. and carrying on that attention for three months and seeing how that works and then maybe trying something else but I think the data is fairly conclusive but you know things like neurodegeneration seems to respond best to multi-hertz mm. pulsing rate um mm. not, not that I like say this isn't a medical device so I can't recommend anything for, for neurodegeneration but that's what the data is showing so you know yes so it's important know. how we say this I understand <laughs> So yes. the data is showing that it it might be have an application for Alzheimer's and Parkinson's and those other neurodegenerative 
conditions yes yes people are starting to look people are starting to research things like 40 hertz pulsing for those neurodegenerative conditions now this the symptoms of that is that people are able to focus more and concentrate so we can say for example with this device you can have improved focused enhanced concentration because they're wellness claims but mm-hmm. you know i'm just taking the data yeah. i mean that's really what we want if you're if you have got some kind of brain condition probably that you know you need to be able to focus you know you need to be able to attend more so you can remember more you know all of these things are interconnected anyway Mm -hmm. but for all of the devices that are on the market at the moment none of the devices at the moment have got a, a health claim attached to them because we still need the clinical data um However, you know, you can take someone from a baseline of where they're at to better. You know, that's really where all these wellness devices sit. So if, you, if you've if you got a poor memory, certainly you can use these devices to enhance your memory, for example. Mm-hmm. Right. So we swing it that way. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, exactly. really that's, and really that's what you're doing anyway with any kind of intervention, isn't it? You're going from where you're at to better. You know, you're... Mm-hmm. You're going from where you're at to improved. You know, that's really all we can hope for. So I think it's fine to use that terminology. It's just in the research, they are looking at these specific conditions. Right. right. Well, you have to target something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, something yeah, that so- you're trying to ameliorate. Yeah. 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 So if you want to enhance your health, a red light therapy device can help in many ways. <laughs> that way. <laughs> Simple way to say it. Is your you device available have- right now, Sarah? It's available on pre-order right now at sarahthrive.com. I'm almost there. The test batch is actually happening this week. So I'll find out on Friday if that's all gone to plan. Um, I don't expect there to be any issues. And as long as that's happened, then it's another month, one month for full production. So it will be November. Mm -hmm. Um, But like I said, at the moment, I'm doing a special offer on pre-orders because, you know, people may have to wait a little bit and, um so people know where they're at with that and then when we go to full production then we'll be all ready to go um and and there will be a little bit of a price difference but not a huge amount but yeah certainly at the moment we're in the pre-order stage and I'm kind of doing all the events I'm getting ready for the Netherlands biohackers this weekend and things like that goodness you're traveling so much (laughs) (laughs) but it sounds like you're really enjoying yourself right Good. Well, this is, I mean, this is what I love to do. I mean, it's so interesting field to be in and mm-hmm. also the potential to help people with brain issues, you know, it's, huge. it's hugely gratifying because it, there isn't another option. Right. So yeah, for me, it's, it's a very, it's a very interesting industry to be in, which is one. And also, yeah, it's hugely satisfying to, to be able to be involved in, in helping kind of people with those kinds of conditions, because I think, Certainly in the West, that's where we're at. A lot of the conditions that people are facing is either aging and neurodegeneration or it's stress and burnout. And yes. Depression. You know, it's such a huge thing um, that to be able to kind of make even the smallest dent in that. Yeah, that's it's huge. Good, profound. Yeah, it's a good feeling for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So... Yeah. Um, cause it, I mean, I just, am thinking there's so many, like the mental health field there, there's such a dire need for some alternative to medication, in my opinion. Um, yeah. it's just, I mean, you, you know, that we need the quantum biology aspect and then to, for the, the, um, targeted intervention with the red light therapy would be amazing as you know, for the more severe cases that aren't remedi that aren't, uh, remediated by just quantum biology lifestyle changes Mm -hmm. so I can just see that you're going to be very busy (laughs) for so many years getting your message out your mission is is right it's so needed and there's so many ways that your device can be used so yeah and there are people blazing the way who were doing it already there's a guy in um Boston, uh, Dr. Paolo Cassano, and he's been able to set up a research center where he's actually got a clinic for mm. um, people with psychiatric conditions, and that that's his focus mm. there. And although you he can't, look him up. Because, yeah, I, I would check it out because he's doing some great work and he's publishing a lot on major depressive disorder. I think he published recently on um, people with Down syndrome who had certain cognitive issues. You know, all kinds of of different things to do with mental health 
and mm-hmm. and he's got a clinic there where people can actually go like I say wow. it's not a pain clinic because it's still purely research but that that's huge you know that's huge that they're mm-hmm. they're starting to get like things like clinics where people can go absolutely and buy a psychiatrist yeah. or something I presume you know that's fabulous mm-hmm. yes there are people definitely blazing the trail of of looking at these kind of mental conditions and how can we provide an alternative to a pharmaceutical that, you know, yeah. probably isn't working in some cases is more detrimental than not. Yep. Oh, exactly. <laughs> yes, that I agree with. Um, Sarah, I want to ask you, so what is the difference between using say your device as opposed to like another red light panel say, cause red light panels are sold like all over. And I see the obvious difference in my mind is that yours is targeting, you know, in the brain on, you know, in this area to get it yep. really deep into the brain and on the gut. And then it has the pulsing, which is different. So are those really the main differences between your device and say using a red light panel device that you get from somewhere else that just kind of shines those is yeah um well i think the main difference is dosing because in order to to have a dose of red light therapy you kind of need to know not only what's coming out but you need to know what's going in and with the panel it's difficult to know what's going in because for a start the distance that you are away from the light source you know it the dosing drops off hugely, you know, even mm. a few centimeters can make a massive difference. Okay. And so you know, if you're standing really close to a panel or a little bit away, or, you know, you're a little bit at an angle, you really don't know the dose that you're getting. And also light does travel only in a straight line, you know, so anything that's not off directly, you know, on an angle with the light, it's either going to reflect or scatter or bounce, you know, you're not going to get the light going into the body. So really, you need something that contours exactly to the body fits flush to the body, so that you know the dose and you're getting the full dose. And then also with most red light panels, they only go up to 850. Whereas this device, like I say, it's got four wavelengths, including the longer wavelengths, which is 940 and 1070. So those you won't get in a panel. Um, And then, of course, there's the oscillation. Now, I think some panels probably do have some kind of oscillation, but um, probably not enable you to kind of switch the oscillation and the wavelength and where it's going to the brain. So I think the panels are good, but probably more for like a kind of overall wellness rather than a targeted therapy. I think that's probably the difference, really. That makes sense. Now, is yours a rechargeable or how, how does the power work? Yeah, it's rechargeable. It's rechargeable. So this is just a rechargeable oh, battery. And there's nice. one on the front here. They're double shielded. So, you know, there's no, there's no EMF from them, but it makes it easy. I mean, these ones, I had them at a trade show um, at the Dave Asprey event, and we just charged them once and had them going all day. Really? Um, and the headband, and you were, you were booked solid. They were, they were there all day. You had a lot of of people a lot of interest right yes yes yeah we were very busy so we just were charging them overnight so i know that this that they've got you know what 10 hours or something you know if wow. you're using all the time maybe we maybe we did charge them once in the middle of the day but certainly you can get 10 sessions out of one that's a long time yeah that's, that's a long time without having yeah, to recharge it, it, yeah so you don't have to you know you and it's just a normal usb usc you don't have to have any kind of funky special charger you know you can charge it you know if you lose the charger you you know i'm sure people have got these hanging around so it's 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 very accessible and from that point of view you can go you can kind of go around your day and do it you know this whole thing about stacking your hacks you know (laughs) you because i think that's one of the one of the things that stops people using these therapies is compliance you know and if you have to go and sit in a corner next to a mains and you have to kind of it's a thing it's just another barrier to doing it I mean, this this panel, I just tuck, usually I just tuck it down the front of my yoga leggings and put the thing on and I'm off, you know, doing something else. Ah. And the other thing is, I think sometimes it's good to pair the therapy with the task that you want. So, for example, if you want to be able to concentrate, it's best to do the therapy while you're concentrating. You know, it kind of reinforces the behavior. If you want to meditate better, it's best to do the therapy while you're meditating. Mm-hmm. That makes and sense. actually, I've got, I've got a, um, a guy doing some meditation tracks that go along with the with the device. So in the app, you can also have a meditation track, which 
the frequency of the background of the meditation will match the oscillation of the light. So you're kind of getting it from all angles. But certainly I think there is a lot to this pairing things. I had one guy who's testing my device and he was all about balance. So he was doing it while he was kind of doing one of his experiments, standing on one leg. He'd actually he'd actually had a bit of a fall and he was worried about not being so stable. And so mm-hmm. he did a 10 week, Dr. Clifford Saunders, you can probably find him on LinkedIn. He kind of posted his whole protocol, but his idea was, okay, let's, he's actually called the brain reprogramming doctor too, because this is mm. his thing, how to reprogram your brain. So his thing is pair the task with what you're trying to do. You know, if you mm-hmm. want to focus more, use the device while you're focusing, you know, mm-hmm. if you want to balance stand on one leg you know what whatever it is but I think for me it's all about compliance and making it easy for people and accessible and if you know if it keeps running out of charge or if you have to go and do go to a clinic or do something special it's just another barrier so this is just easy like I say just tuck it down your your yoga leggings and you're off you know I love that you can just do stuff around the house if you want to yeah Yeah. your housework yeah Yeah. (laughs) Start, you know, yeah, because people don't want to. People don't want to stop with their lives to to do things. You know, it's so common. You know, well, you can, so it's, it's hard to get people to even comply to like quantum biology principles because they want to. You know, they want to just live their lives. You know, so this is definitely a solution because you can be doing it and then doing whatever else you need to do, whether it's working online or whether it's. I don't know if you're gonna you know, maybe you could actually do yoga. I don't know, but like you can like, you know, go and like do things or, you know, while you're doing it. So. Yeah. yeah why not? Why not? Let's take away one less step towards compliance. And, and, and you're right. You know, it is hard. If we did everything that we were meant to do, you know, according to kind of all the quantum biology and biohacking thing, you know, you do nothing else in your day, would you, you know, sometimes I think, Oh God, you know, I've got to ground and meditate and then I've got to be in a nice, <laughs> you know, it's too much. It's, yeah it's a lot so the more that you can combine these things yeah the yeah, more you're stressing about getting the biohacking done yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not really effective no <laughs> not where we want to be yeah no no not at all not at all yeah so uh, any well, other- where we're almost out of time i just want to say thank you so much sarah and is there any last kind of enlightenment you can offer us about you know your product red light therapy where the where the trend is going or what your hopes and dreams are for your business yeah well like I say I'm my hopes and dreams are to make a, an impact into some of these conditions and you know if I can kind of be involved even a little bit in some of the research into neurodegeneration that's kind of where I'm I'm putting my long-term goal um but as for kind of using the therapies i mean one the stuff that you're doing is is kind of the the most brilliant thing because it is all about education and self-experimentation so if you haven't done these things you know get a red light therapy device you know it doesn't have to be my one but you know try try these devices and start to get that experience like i say it, it really is something that isn't you know, out of all the things, you know, if you think about sitting in an in an ice bath or all these crazy things, you know, this is not something that's too onerous. All you have to do is you, yeah. you're sitting down and using these red light therapy devices. And I think you don't really know how they work until you try it for yourself. Mm-hmm. So yeah. get some more information, kind of educate yourself. There's so much interesting stuff coming out at the moment. I'm giving a little talk in the Netherlands about photobiomics. You know, it's What's about- that? It's just about how red light affects the microbiome and, you oh, know, okay. just right over the gut could potentially have this effect on the microbiome. But people are starting to write about these things more. You know, there's mm-hmm. there's papers available. So I think, you know, listen to your podcast, mm-hmm. uh, start using these devices, start doing these things a bit more because really, you know, we have ourselves as these wonderful vessels where we can actually, it's all right to read it, but we can experience it. And I yeah. think that's, well, the N1 That's- testimonials are what are going to help get traction as the word spreads That's and people right. say, well, this is what I used to help me overcome this or improve the symptoms of that condition. Right. So we really are the ground on the ground, right. We're the people bringing it out to the masses so right. that we can start to empower people more and more to take ownership of their health, not be scared to trust their bodies to heal their capacity to heal right? Understand more of their basic electromagnetic physiology, and then empower them to seek out resources that can help 
uplift them versus like, oh, I have to take this medication for the rest of my life. And now exactly. I have these gnarly side effects. So yeah. I don't feel like that's a very good option. And I, although I know it's easy and people are sort of trained that way, I mean, our mutual goal here is to start to start to shift, right? The yeah. paradigm and help people to see that there's so much better options. There's so many better options out there. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah, it's that's what it's all about, isn't it? It's self-responsibility and self-empowerment. You know, the more that we can take on ourselves for our own health, you know, ultimately the best, the better we're going to be in the better shape society is going to be in. Yes. You know, yes. everybody can just take that little bit more responsibility. So thank you very much for this opportunity for talk about my device. It is fabulous. <laughs> 10% off code for your listeners too. Oh, thank uh, you. Because people yes, want to try the system, but yeah, what you're doing is brilliant too. So thank you. Very honored to be on your show. Thank you so much, oh, Sarah. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it, Sarah. We love, love having people like you and her just trying to make a difference in the world. Yeah. So we really, really appreciate it. So it's been an honor and thank you so much for that. And we will definitely share it with all of our clients and people and listeners and um, hope that they get to try it. Maybe we'll get to try it one day in the future. <laughs> yes. Thank you yeah. so much. It's such yeah. a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks. All right, Sarah. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Mm -hmm.